Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Welcome to the podcast. As football grows ever closer, Richard, it's getting more exciting now, isn't it? It is getting more exciting, yeah. Um, and we've had FA Cup draws this week. We um, have. For the first first stages of that competition. Talking are back in training yeah. on Monday. Monday, a, that's exciting. In a slightly strange way. We're talking to Gary in a few minutes about yeah. that. And um, yeah, a few things that might surprise you in that chat with Gary. Um, but first of all, let's let's mark the passing of one of our own, Alan Welsh. Indeed. A great Talker United player. Um died this week very sad to report that um and it's only right that we start the podcast with a bit of a tribute to alan um this week uh he, do you know he started his career at bonnie rig rose did he who play in the lowland league and one of their other famous ex-players is sean connery wow sean connery <laughs> uh, i don't know <laughs> I, was, he, I was gonna say did the reckon the time wise they could have might have done they no, he was already well. a star then, by then, wasn't he? I wonder if he played at Shanto Half. <laughs> I'm going to get shot for that. Yeah. There we go. I, it did cross my mind to attempt it, but <laughs> I, uh, no, I'm not going down that route. Um, he play, yeah, played for Bonnie Rig Rose, he played for Millwall. It sounds like it should be a song. It does. It does. They do <laughs> Some Scottish Lowland song. They do pretty well in the Lowland League. I'm a bit of an expert on the Lowland League because I play in this predictions game with some mates of mine. And one of the leagues that you can predict on is the Lowland League. Right. So if okay. you ever need to get a bet on, Bonnie Rig Rose and Kelty Hearts okay. are the teams you want to get your money All right. on. But uh, yeah, Alan Welsh, back to the matter in hand. Um, uh, Millwall, Franco Farrell brought him from Millwall right. to play more. Uh, he played 161 games for Torquay between 1967 and 72, which means he was one of the Galacticos when mm-hmm. I first started going. Uh, Alan Welsh was part of that team. Yeah. Um, Great player, 15 goals. He partnered Robin Stubbs up front. Right. So obviously, you know, the, the pair of them benefited from each other yeah. playing up front there. He then went to Argyle where he partnered Paul Mariner. Wow. So, okay. Um, that would have been before, yeah. So Paul Mariner sort of, yeah. he made Paul Mariner then, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and he then went on to play for Bournemouth, went back to Millwall for a spell and finished his career playing in South Africa. Um, his claim to fame, uh, and thanks to Steve Harris for reminding me of this one, November the 5th, 1968, he scored a goal at Home Park as Torquay won down there for the first time. Wow. So, okay. So a lot of the big markers in his career. Yeah. It was indeed. I mean, he's a big character. Without ever being one of those players who really makes the headlines for Torquay, he was a big character for yeah. Torquay. Um, so, yeah, absolutely right that we start this week with uh, a bit of a chat about Alan Welsh. Plenty to talk about later on. As you say, we'll talk about the FA Cup. We've got the F questions coming up. We talk about John Uzel as well. Yes, um, John Uzel, our old mate. Yeah, celebrate his career as well as uh, talking about the uh, the moment when it ended, of course, as people will mm. remember. And we've got a little bit of a scratch team for the U's and the V's. Yeah, it's week. not the easiest uh, week for the, not, for the team of the week, is it? Not the easiest week, but uh, as ever, Julian has done us proud. And I think... Uh, we call got, it the ultraviolet team. <laughs> we do, the UV team. And Julian's done us proud. I think he's come up with his most obscure player ever. And one player we, we've added that, that nearly everyone has signed. Yeah. Apparently. We, we never quite signed him, but we came close. <laughs> nearly everyone signed him. 
all will be revealed uh, a little bit later on. But first of all, uh, let's go and hear from the gaffer himself, Gary Johnson. First things first, you've you've signed uh, you've signed Connor at last. Yeah, well, we tried to, you know, um, give people a few hints, and yeah. as as we as we said, it was the you know the worst kept secret. But it was it's only right that you know the club can't officially say when we sign, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, until it's actually signed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, everything's absolutely. been agreed because otherwise you're, you're taking liberties with, with, with this, you know, the club that he's coming from. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, no, I mean, it's a fantastic signing um, because, as I've said, you know, when Connor's fit, he's a great asset to the club. Um, and hopefully one day, he'll, you know, he'll work his way back to the championship. Does it surprise you that he didn't make it into the first team squad at some point? Um, not really, because there was a lot of boys in that situation at, yeah. at Bristol. You know, they they um, needed to try and get in experienced players. The Championship is not a league for young players. No. Um, but then when when he's young, you know, I mean, obviously if you're good enough, you're old enough sort of thing, of course, that, you know, to use that statement. But um, when they start bringing in, like, players from foreign countries and that, that are like, you know, more mid-20s mm -hmm. with experience, because, you know, managers don't always get that time to blood in youth yeah. and give them experience. Yeah. <laughs> now, funny enough, Lee was one of the better ones for doing that, yeah. as in a percentage, <clears throat> the percentage of the number of, uh, of game time he gave young players. So, you know, like, it, it, but, you know, from from uh, Connor's point of view, he, he's he's not a young man anymore. Do you know what I mean? He's, 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 ready, he's ready to play first team football all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, he, and, you know, he loved it with us. His, his mates are all with us. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's, he's, he's close to, you know, one or two that are there. And um, he just, you know, he wants to get his family down to Torquay and uh, start a, a, a new leaf in his life. Brilliant, brilliant. Was it? Was he always one on your on your um, list from from when the season ended? Really? Yeah, from when the season ended, we had to wait and see whether he was because um, he had another year on his contract. Yes, yeah. So we had to see whether they Bristol City, um, you know, actually wanted to uh, release him, if you like. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, that's you know, in, in the end, he had a chat with Bristol. Um, and then had a chat with us, his, his representative had a chat with both parties, and the lad decided that he, he, he felt it was better to uh, to come to us. So, uh, you know, at, at this moment in his life. Put himself in the shop window, as it were, as well. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if what we want him to do is to 100% play for Torquay United yeah. in his head, um, because you know we've had that before. Sometimes yeah. they don't last long with me. If I think in the, they've got a talkie shirt on, but they're playing with someone else yeah. <laughs> in their head, hoping that they're going to get a move. So now Connor knows that if you know he's a clever enough lad, um, that you know if he gives his heart and soul for talkie, and he's good enough 
for the next levels, either get there with us <laughs> or, um, you know, in time, if you're not thinking about it every day, but you are putting the whole effort into the team you're playing in, then uh, you'll get your move if you're, if you're good enough sort of thing, you know. So, um, But I always say to the lads, you know, you have to be your own agent by performing every week and giving that 100% effort and commitment to the club that you're playing for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and the start of that is, you know, he's come to the area um, and, and you know, that's that's brilliant. And, it's about uh, committing, isn't it? It is, yeah, committing on and off the field. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what he's, what he's done. I mean, the, the, the last time we loaned Connor, he had a couple of options to go to football league clubs. Okay. You know, like second division clubs. Yeah. Um, but he really did feel for, feel for his um, development and, you know, like uh, as far as, and first team games assured, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, given uh, that, uh, you know, he's selected. Um, but it, it's, you know, he, he knew that, you know, he, he, while, when he was fit, he played. Um, so, you know, he, he chose to come to us. Uh, you said before that it's a good headache, but it is a headache. You've got a lot of you've got a lot of um, options in midfield now, haven't you? Yeah, and we've got some of them midfield players that can actually play up front yeah. when we need it. Yeah. You know, Ben Whitfield, Amani Little. You know, these Absolutely. are all uh, Connor. They're all number tens as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, you know, so they can all play there. And the main can play there. Jake can play there. You know, so we but we're gonna need. Um, a squad that can sort of a, a big enough squad so that when we play, I think there's twelve. They're, they're, I, I'm not exactly sure, but there's a lot more uh, midweek games. Right. So we got to make sure that, that we've got enough in our squad to make sure that we don't, you know, absolutely. What's the word? Uh, I can't say knacker, but uh, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, so that we don't overuse. Yeah, you need the to regulars. Use, you need to use them sparingly. <laughs> I don't know. I well, don't it's know not the sparingly. Word is. Yeah. Yeah, just well, you don't overuse. Yeah, your regulars. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean. Sometimes they got to have a rest. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's that's that will be the unusual thing about this season, won't it? Well, one of the unusual things. There'll be many unusual things about this season, but yeah. but yeah, the, the 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 rate that the games will come at you when the season starts. Exactly, and you know when the cup competitions start yeah, and yeah. all that sort of thing. You know, so um, you know we we, we haven't got a, uh, a massive squad, but we certainly got cover in most areas. And uh, if we then get an injury somewhere in an important area, um, then I, I will. I've still, you know, I haven't loaned anyone yet. We can yeah, go out and get yeah. a loan of people that we've made a big effort this summer to look through all games who might be available um, on loan so that we we don't get caught at the last minute needing yeah. to get someone in and taking a chance or taking someone else's recommendations, you know what yeah. I mean? So, pre-season starts for you next week? Yeah, we start Monday, which is, you know, I can't come round quick enough. No, no. Really looking forward to that. Um, we start in a socially distanced yeah. scenario where we can only have five players at each session 
um, five players with one coach and one pitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and obviously all the cleaning that has to be done. It's going to be, you know, if you look at the rules, it's got to be more cleaners than players. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, so, I, I was at Buckland on Saturday, and there were guys behind behind the goals with uh, with you know canisters of, of cleaning stuff that they were yeah. doing the posts and the. Yeah, that's right. That. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you know, we're going to have to work. I think uh, three or four groups where um, you know we, we work them through the day. So you know, somebody like myself will be there, and, and Bouncy will we'll be, and the physio and uh, goalie coach, and we'll be there all day almost for the first five days. Yeah. Because that's stage one, and then stage two. Um, if you move on to stage two, which you should do, yeah. if you do everything right, then uh, then it becomes normal on the pitches. Yeah. But off the pitch, you still got to have players come in individually in their cars. You know, still social distancing off the pitch, but not on it necessarily. Right. And then, and then, what about the Exeter friendly? Is that still on, or is it up in the air, or? Uh, no, that's cancelled. That's cancelled. Um, okay. Yeah, that's that's to be cancelled because um, Exeter also, we believe the Caribou Cup will right. start on the fifth. Okay, so, that, so that's, that that's not too often. Yeah. Yeah, they threw in late on, yeah. but uh, we're okay. We, you know, we, we've um, we're okay for pre-season games. We, we we've got three or four uh, confirmed, yeah. and then we got one or two. That I just got to be confirmed. Yeah. So you know, so we're, we're okay. We've got enough games, and uh, you know, it's. Uh, it, I mean, one of the things um, that has been very good over there, we started off our new youth development program. Yes. Yeah. And which you, yeah, which you so spoke about last week. You went to the first day. Exactly, and yeah, you know, it looked like we looked quite strong. All, all through the age groups, yeah, and and I was really pleased as you know, with Chris Todd at the head of it, and me and Downsy was you know we was impressed with the setup, the organisation, and you know considering we're in a pandemic sort of yes, thing, yes, yeah, and yeah. Uh, but mainly the quality of the boys, and then they went and beat you know a strong Exeter team under 18s. I saw I that we, one nil, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right, and uh, so. You know, a few of them lads, um, you know, we'll be inviting in and, uh, you know, trying to get them ex- experienced and working with the first team when we can. Yes, yeah. When we can. So, um, you know, we're pretty confident that uh, some of them have got a great chance of uh, going all the way. Brilliant. That's, that's a good note to end on, Gary. Thank you very yeah. much. I, 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 I bet you can't wait for Monday. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I mean... You know, it's something that we we've got our new kit and all that. You know, yeah. our not kit, but our training yeah. kit. And once you start getting that, you start getting the feel for it. So yeah. uh, I've been wearing the training kit for the last three days. At home. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> Cheers, Gary. <laughs> all right, mate. Thank See you, you very much for that. I'll speak to you next week. So we're sitting in here in our full training kit, obviously. Full, full kit, full. full uh, kit. Yeah, it's yes, very hot did. in here as well. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the tracksuit top is a bit is a bit stifling, but no, we'll be all right. It sounds as if Gary's been sleeping in his new training kit, doesn't he? He's very Absolutely. excited. It reminds it reminds me actually. This is this is this is quite nice when um, Alex Russell um, scored a hat trick at Darlington all those years ago. Okay. Uh, the uh, probably the promotion season, I think it might have been. 
He, he scored a hat-trick. It's probably the only hat-trick Alex Russell ever scored. We won three there. And I did an interview with Martin Gritton after the game. And Martin Gritton gave me the glorious quote. And, of course, Martin Gritton was Alex's uh, flatmate at the time or housemate. Alex will be sleeping in his captain's armband tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got to be... Let's take it at a, the kind of level that you and I would be when you get issued with your new training kit for the new season. That's got, got, to, be got to be a good moment, yeah. hasn't it? Well, I mean, Gary got a taste of it, didn't he? When when the the, the youth teams all got together the Monday before, mm. and he was quite excited about that. He was quite excited about seeing them all in their training kit. So he's probably got a package delivered to Porter's head at some point this week, and he's been like a a kid with a new toy. I'll bet, absolutely. Very interesting. Well, what lots he said of new there. toys. About when they go back next Monday, there'll be more cleaners than players. Yes, yeah. Um, it's going to be strange, isn't it, working with these small groups? Yeah, I was allowed to go into Buckland on Saturday to take some photos. I noticed that. And, so uh, you've seen live football? I've seen live football. I didn't stay for the whole game because uh, I wanted to go and get some cricket as well, but um, ended up not being able to find any because of the weather. But okay. um, yeah, so, so there were chats behind both goals yeah. with sort of big canisters of spray um, that were ready to, to run on at quarter and, and half and and, okay. and, and yeah. three-fourths three of the game. My maths is terrible. <laughs> to, to spray the post, the goal post, the, the, even the crossbar and, the, and the, yeah. the, um, the corner flags. So, you know, they were doing it all right there. Um, everyone was sitting in the stand sort of two metres apart. Um, everyone being, you know, just players from yeah. uh, the yeah. extra players and extra staff from, from the clubs involved. Um, lots of stewards. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good. But that's what you know. That's that's, that's how that's football, how football gonna is going to be for a yeah. while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And training is going to be as we said last week. It's going to be Gary and Aaron and goalkeeping coach and physio. probably nobody else. Physio, really. physio, and that's about it. Yeah, that will be it. Uh, Phil, the keeping coach, uh, and very small groups of players. Presumably, as we said, they'll get the goalkeepers together. Yeah. And somebody to have a shot at them. Um, <laughs> Defenders together. <coughs> I, I wonder how they'll work it. Yeah, it's going to be a weird week. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they've worked it out so that they can do it the best they can. But it's groups of five players plus the coaches yeah. um, on a one pitch at any one time. So they'll come in waves. So Gary, kind of Gary alluded to the fact that, that him and his staff, Aaron and the, the other two, will be there all day because the, the players will be turning up in different, yeah. at different times. It's strange to have it staggered this way, though, isn't it? Because league clubs are already playing friendlies. Well, I think I think the way you look at it, and, and this is this has been highlighted by the fact that that non-league football is now allowed crowds in the ground, is they don't want teams to come back to the level that is already acceptable at other places. Yeah. What what they want is for them all to go through the the routine of getting used to um, the same steps. The same going through the same yeah. steps. It's, because obviously, um, the Torquay could go back to training as uh, most non-league are training now with full full, mm. full contact. They're even playing friendlies, um, but but Torquay probably need to go through those steps that all yeah. the other teams needed to go through as a learning curve, as much as anything, and, and um, you know an introduction to how it's changed. I see that the opening day Premier League fixtures have come out this morning. I, I saw that. I haven't looked yet. Leeds are at Liverpool. Are they? That's wow. the one everybody's waiting for. Yeah. Happens to Leeds. But, I mean, we're still not really any clearer as to what's happening National League-wise, are we? No. Um, they will come out soon and uh, then we'll see what <laughs> if we're away or, or home on that first yeah. day. That'll be interesting. We don't know about crowds yet. Um, all likelihood is... 
there will be crowds or some resemblance of a crowd in Playmore on uh, October the 3rd or if they're yeah. if they're away then you know the, the first home game we don't, um, we don't know how we're going to be able to report it that's of no interest to anybody else really. no but, I, I, um, I should imagine yeah I'm going to yeah. state it here I should imagine one of us will be allowed inside to, to, to yeah. at least observe and, and write a report um, I, I don't see why not the press benches yeah. are pretty separate from you can you know. yeah that's true that I mean true. on a normal week the press benches are a terrible place to social socially distance because you're almost sitting on each other's laps they're pretty but, cramped aren't but they? that won't yeah. be the case no. so no. Um, we'll see I mean um, yeah it's, it's it's but it's I mean we've talked about this every week for the last four well, months since, haven't we? since February in yeah. fact but yeah. you know how, how is it going to work when is it going to work but at last we're getting to the point where okay now we're starting to yeah. um, you know we're going to have to have some action aren't we um, talking of taking some action on the season tickets as well, haven't they? A lot of people have been asking, what's the situation with season tickets? What's going to happen with season tickets? They've got through the fir- the priority allocation is done now, isn't right. it? Right. Uh, and now they move on to other stages. Fans who are wanting season tickets uh, are just going to have really just going to have to keep an eye on Devon Live and on the club's official website and 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 see what the latest info is. I mean, they they said they're not going to be released. If I just click here, guy. Um, Click away. It's, Click away. it's coming up next, I think. There we go. There that, we that, go. Was, that was great podcast, by the way. The sound of distant clicking. <laughs> um, but yeah, priority access now ended. Further staged releases of tickets will follow, subject to constant review by the club, who will continue to liaise with all governing bodies, including the National League. You have to have some sympathy with the club because they don't really know what's happening next. Neither does the National League. You've only got to look at what's happening with the exam results to realise that nobody really knows. Nobody what's knows what's going on anymore, guys. No, absolutely. I mean, least of all us. The only, the only thing that we know is at twelve o'clock on a, on a Thursday, um, you come over here and we do the podcast. That's about as clear as yeah. And we podcast. Yeah. Some things in life are still constant, <laughs> aren't they? but uh, we'll keep you posted. The club will keep you posted. The thing is, I suppose, with a limited number of people being allowed into play more with social distancing. Um, it makes sense to secure a ticket, doesn't it? And, it does, and A lot yeah. of fans are yeah. thinking that, more so this season than others. Um, you know, will it be just season ticket holders at the first home game? We, we, we don't know. I mean, we, that, that yeah. would kind of be logical in, yeah. in some respects, um, but maybe unfair on people who can't necessarily afford to put, you know, pay out for a, for a whole season ticket in one go. Um, you know... Get to play more when they can if, if when funds are short, but yeah. you know, um, people are going to have to make compromises. Yeah, non league football is allowed back uh, now with 30% of capacity. So, if, if, if the National League follows that, um, when you say non league football, you're talking about tiers, I'm talking three, about four, five, six, and if an under step three yeah. is now allowed to start playing in front of crowds, uh-huh. but it's 30%, okay. and then uh. Uh, in, in in a certain amount of time then it goes up to I think I think I read 60% and then yeah. eventually it'll go up to full capacity again but if you think about 30% for most non-league grounds yeah. around here well 30, they, they, they're hardly ever 30% of their capacity no, anyway Claymore is probably yeah. around 30% of capacity on yeah. a on a, a straightforward week you know yeah. when if it's not the first game back or a big you know, big decider. So it's going to be interesting to see. And of course, I think we'll see um, 
those uh, those temperature guns being pointed at our heads yeah, as we wander into well. the ground. It's going to be a long old process getting into the ground and getting out of it, I think, as yeah. well. Yeah. So people are going to have to be patient. They're going to have to view things in a slightly yeah. different way. Let's digress a little bit then when we talk about non-league grounds. The FA Cup draw, we have local teams involved we do. in we cup do. matches that we could theoretically go and see. Well, at the start of the week when I started getting excited about the FA Cup draw, the extra preliminary round and the preliminary round were drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first two rounds were drawn. You've got, you know, and and ors in the second yeah. second round. But um, we, we've, uh, I mean, I, I covered Devon and Cornwall, as you know, for... for, for the various titles. Various yes. titles. Yeah. So I've got a list of Devon and Cornwall teams here, but uh, there were a couple of, of, of closer to home teams. So the extra preliminary round for Tuesday, Tuesday night start for FA Cup is interesting. Yes. Now probably with 30% capacities, so you'll be able to get along, hopefully, I don't know how they're going to work out. Is it first come, first served or whatever? have to be, I've got, I, yeah. I, I, I was, I'm going to try and talk to Adam Dyson of Newton Abbott Spurs and Adam Castle of Buckland this week to, to get a, a better sense of that. But um, the, the ties that interest us down here for the extra preliminary round are Millbrook versus Bridgewater. That's Millbrook's first ever appearance yeah. in the FA Cup. This is a good one. Plymouth Parkway versus Saltash United. Oh, Derby. That's a, that's a that? big game. Now, yeah. they might have trouble. Yeah. Yeah. With the amount of fans that want to get to that one, I, I can see that one being a big draw. Wellington versus Bodmin Town. Mm-hmm. Shepton Mallet versus Torrington, which is uh, an interesting trip on a, on a Tuesday night. Uh, Willand Rovers versus Bridport, which is another interesting trip on a Tuesday <laughs> night. Wells City versus Bubby Tracy, which is another interesting is. trip That's on a, a Tuesday way. night. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I, I bet Bubby, who are back, I, I think it might be their first time in the FA Cup. I got confused last week. I said they'd been in it before, but. I'm not sure that's true now. Um, well, City is a long way to go. Uh, the Western yeah, League Division yeah. One side, so only one what one division between them, but um, still yeah. a big game for them. Buckland versus Bitten, which is a a game that they'll play in the league anyway yeah. this season. Um, so I think I think Adam uh, and, and Paul Froud were pleased to get a home draw, but not necessarily pleased with the opposition. Yeah. How about this one? Odd Down, which is a Bath team, Odd down, been there. Yeah. versus Helston Athletic. They better set off on now. a Tuesday <laughs> night. <laughs> that's nasty, and it's Helston's first ever year in the FA Cup as well. So exactly. that's a, that's an interesting draw for them. <clears throat> Odd Down and Radstock places. Yeah, yeah. Odd Down's on the edge of Bath, isn't yeah, it? I've seen signs yeah. for it when I've been in Bath. Tavistock versus <clears throat> Bradford Town, obviously. Um, I managed to put a top, I managed to type Bradford City in the papers this week, well so yeah, um, okay. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure people would be wondering what the heck's going on there. Um, Bradford Town is Bradford on Avon. Bradford on Avon. Um, yeah, yeah. Kingsham Town versus Exmouth, and Newton Abbot Spurs versus St Austell. Okay. So those are those are the local games, you know, the of interest to us down in Devon and Cornwall. And that's Tuesday, September the first, isn't it? It's not Tuesday, Tuesday, September the first. So September so 1st. Tuesday week, and then and then the. The next round comes along quite quickly as well, September yeah. the 12th, which is a Saturday. So, yeah, interesting times. Yeah. And, and and again, every time we get another little move forward, yeah. it gets quite exciting. The Peninsula League, who Newton Abbott Spurs, Bobby Tracy, play in uh, Helston and most of those you know teams in there, apart from uh, maybe those who play in the Western League, um, they they were actually tweeting last week that they might... Because they start on September the 5th, Saturday. Yeah. They were actually tweeting last week that they might have to cancel the first rounds of games because of 
you know, no fans yet being allowed yeah. in. Now, I, I wonder what happened there. I wonder if the FA did its job properly. Because we all know, yeah. right, that you can, you can get... F- there was f- you're allowed to go and watch cricket at Torquay. Yeah. You're allowed to go and eat in a restaurant. You're allowed to go to the cinema now, aren't you? Oh, uh, yes, you are. Yeah, you're allowed yeah, to do yeah. all these things, yeah. and yet you weren't allowed to stand around a very empty football stadium and watch a game of football. In the open air. In the yeah, open air. Yeah. Now, I wonder if the FA did their job properly, because over the weekend, the Let Me In hashtag was trending on Twitter, and most teams were, were, were tweeting yeah. that and stuff, and it, you know, it was third in the UK or whatever. And then some MPs got involved and wrote a letter mm. to the to, to the government, and um, suddenly, oh no, it's, yeah, we'll sort, sort we'll that out. It. We'll sort yeah. that out. Now I wonder whether the FA should have been sorting that out with the government beforehand. Yeah, it's almost smacks of them not really getting their heads around the fact that why can't we have no it's true. fans in but in grounds? Far be it from us to spring to their defence, but I suppose they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. If they let people in too early. And something awful had happened. Then it just became been, clear yeah. last week that it wasn't yeah. anymore yeah. too early. It was it was the right time. Yeah. So. Um, but I mean, who have made the decision to to overturn it and and, and release those details yesterday? Then uh, yeah, they, they they can they can now get fans inside yeah. with with very strict guidelines. I mean, you know, yeah. if I was going to read you the guidelines, I'd be here till Tuesday morning. But um, do we have to be masked up if we were at Newton Abbotsford? Don't think so. No. 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 Um, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, if you go to a pub, you don't necessarily have to be marked up when you go inside no. the toilet. Um, so many, it's, it's so difficult. difficult to Common work. sense is going yeah. to have to kick in sooner yeah, or later. Absolutely. Mask up in absolutely. the places where you need to. Yeah, mask exactly. Yeah. And if we get used to doing that, then we're, then yeah. then all the better. It is. Right now, we put the world to rights. Um, confirmed this week the arrival of Connor Lemon Hay Evans. Indeed. Which was, it, it wasn't even the worst kept secret. It wasn't a secret no. at all, was no, it? No, not that's, really. That's all been confirmed now. Good move for him. Good undisclosed move for fee. Yeah. Now, interesting. I, I, Remains did, undisclosed. There's a lot of speculation on social media. But you know, undisclosed fees are, are stupid things anyway, aren't they? Um, why do they need to be undisclosed? Really? Fans like to know. Fans, of course, fans don't they need do. To know, Record books like, like to know. To know yeah, that's right. You know, we're, we're big enough and old enough to understand that. You know, there are certain things about a transfer that you'd rather keep quiet. But the fee, if you're paying a fee, yeah. just let it out. Yeah, yeah come I don't, on. I don't, I mean, it might not be Torquay that don't want it out. It might be Bristol City that don't Could want be. it out. You Could know, um, yeah. so I'm not blaming any particular and team. The squad looks pretty tasty, doesn't it? I thought it ne- does. next week we'll put our minds to picking our starting 11 yes. and the squad that we've Good got. Good stuff, yeah. Um, it it doesn't pick itself actually. No, it doesn't because it very much does. As Gary said, when I, when I spoke to Gary in the interview, um, there is a lot of midfielders in there. Yeah. And you know, he was quick to point out that yes, but you know, at least five of those midfielders can play in a number ten role. That's interesting, isn't it? And yeah. that's you know the team, the classic number ten role is yeah. what a team needs, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, next week we'll um, we'll we'll go on the spot and we'll um, we'll pick our starting eleven. And probably disagree violently. Can we have like a subit? I, I can get a Sabutio pitch out, and we, we can. Could. Yeah. We do like a tactics. Yeah. Board and absolutely. Good stuff. The F questions. Uh, we'll give you the answer to these at the end. The F. I need the name of the player whose surname begins with F. I'm struggling with F. I struggled with F. Yeah, the surname of the player whose surname begins with F, who's made the most appearances for Talk United, and the player whose surname begins with F, who scored the most goals. 
for Chalky United. It's going to be obvious and I'm going to miss it again. But uh... One is slightly easier than the other, but I would say that, wouldn't I? Because I've looked it up. Yes. So, yeah, um, yeah I'll let you... Do you know what happens when you say this, this, when we get to this part of the podcast? It's I sit here and... Surnames just flood into my head, no matter if they've ever been involved in Torquay. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin just just came into my head. He might have been, you never know. He might have had a trial in it's a pre-season friendly weird. at Tiverton It's just very weird. John Uzel, we were going to talk about. I mean, our um, alphabet of Torquay United uh, has reached the letter U. We yep. can't raise a full team of U's. There's no. only one. Uh, so we're, we're using V's as well. But let's talk a little bit about John Uzel. Well, fir- first of all, um, obviously, the, there's a big story about the broken jaw. Yeah. But we, I met John Uzel when I came back from working uh, up country because he was, he was doing a PA for... He was. The, um, yeah. the PA stats for, for Torquay home games. And, and we, he used to sit with us. And what a lovely bloke he is. A really nice guy. I know we said... It was a shame when he stopped doing it, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's talk about his, his career a little bit and then we'll talk about that awful day. Um, he played 300 odd games for Argyle, came to us uh, 1989 to 1992, played 115 games for Torquay, scored five goals. I'll bet four of them were headers. Yep. Uh, I can't remember the other one. Um, <laughs> and then after after the end of his career, um, he went off. He did some. He did coaching. Obviously, he was part of the Torquay team that won in the playoff final. Uh, he was postman for a while. Mm-hmm. And last time I spoke to him, he was working as a boat builder down at Princess Yacht Building, um, luxury yachts for millionaires down at um, Plymouth. So um, yeah, that was the, I haven't spoken to him for a little while. As you say, he used to. It was one of those things, I mean, you and I between us have watched thousands upon thousands of football matches, but you never get the same kind of insight as you do when you sit next to a player. No, and you always feel a bit nervous about about what you're about to say to a a former player, especially one as experienced as that, because you know that you've never, ever experienced that kind of level of football. And and uh, they, they, they sometimes like John John Turner I talk, spoke about last yeah. week they'll shoot you down straight away. That's it. But John would never do that. I mean John no. John Uzel would always listen to what you had to say, and if it was wrong, then he would explain why he thought it was yeah, wrong. He wouldn't it. just cut you off. And such a such a I mean I think you would about to say it, but you always say oh he's such a nice bloke. But with John John Uzel really was such yeah, a nice bloke. Genuinely. And that insight into the game, I mean, we've sat next to Phil Lloyd used to do the PA, yeah, and uh, yeah. uh, John Turner, John Uzel, all three of them absolutely excellent at that job of <coughs> summarising a game for Press Association. <coughs> <coughs> coffee? <coughs> there you go, you see. That's what happens when you take a crafty scoop <coughs> of coffee when you're not talking. I really should stop drinking coffee while I'm doing the podcast. It went down the wrong way, guy. But it is, it's that insight that fans will never have because they've never been at the sharp end. Yeah. They've never had that collision. They've never been in that position yeah, where when, By saying fans, you on. mean us. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, and especially that collision. Yeah. Let's talk about it then. Let's have a little chat about it. It was 14th of December, 1991. You said you were there, didn't you? I was there. I, would, I, I was there. I don't remember it very well. I rem- um, it's one of those things I remember really clearly. I have this morning, there's a YouTube clip, which is easy ooh, to get at. Okay. Um, I watched it again this morning just to see if my memory tied in with the YouTube clip, and it does. It, we're talking about playing Brentford. Brentford had a striker called Gary Blissett, 
Um, very good striker, scored a lot of goals, went on to play in the Premier League with Wimbledon after he left Brentford. Um, during the course of the game, there was a clearance from the Brentford defence. The ball bounced uh, just inside the Torquay half. John Uzel was going to head the bouncing ball, head it clear. Gary Blissett was oncoming at speed and the two of them collided. I don't think there's any doubt that Gary Blissett had his arm up because he said in his defence in the Crown Court trial, which followed this, that you have to put your arm up to leave yourself upwards. And because it went to a Crown Court trial, because Gary Blissett was cleared of grievous bodily harm, um, that's what we will have to go with. Mm. But, I mean, it was an awful moment in the match. John went down instantly, you could see, he was very badly hurt. Uh, again, you know that when that's happened, you watch football, you know when a player's actually hurt. He'd broken his eye socket, broken his nose, broken his cheekbone. There's, yes. a, there's some pretty gory pictures, aren't there, there of, are. uh, of the aftermath of it. Um, stitches and bruise yeah. and, and, and swelling. I spoke to him a couple of days later to do a piece for the paper. Um, I think on the Monday or the Tuesday after the game, I spoke to uh, to John. And there's that famous picture of him. I haven't put it as the main picture with the podcast. I've put a picture of him celebrating the playoff Good. victory yeah. instead. Yeah, yeah. Although I will put the, uh, the actual picture in the podcast just to give you some context on that. His surgeon told him it was an impact like a 70 mile an hour car crash mm. because both players were going at some speed at the time. Um, I remember the game stopped for quite a long while while John was attended to. I can remember looking to the left out of the old press box. It, it had got dark by this point and an ambulance pulled up. I can't remember whether they were building the family stand at the time, but you could see the ambulance outside the turnstiles, flashing blue lights and what have you. And you could see John being carried out into the ambulance. It all sounds very overdramatic, but it was dramatic. It yeah, was absolutely. awful. It was a yeah. terrible, terrible incident. Um, Crown Court case was absolutely fascinating because it was a test case, wasn't it? Yeah. Nobody had ever actually brought charges of grievous bodily harm for an incident on a football field before. No. Uh, so, it, you know, the whole of football worldwide was watching this because if the court had found in John's favour, it would have paved the way for a lot of other similar cases. Mm. And there was always the feeling at the back of your mind that that was in the minds of those involved in the case, that if... If this had gone through, it would have opened the floodgates. It might have changed, it might have changed football as well. It might well have changed football. Um, the Football Association chief executive at the time, Graham Kelly, yeah. uh, told the court that he saw 200 such collisions every weekend. Which was rubbish. Which was rubbish. I've never seen a collision like that. Well, you can't get to 200 games <laughs> no, every can't. weekend anyway. That's it. But in all, those, thing to all say. those thousands of games, I've never seen a collision like no, that. No, I, and I, I don't think I've seen another collision like that. No. Um, not not that bad. Absolutely not. Uh, Lester Chapter, a friend of the podcast, was extremely critical of Graham Kelly in the aftermath of that. I mean, Lester refereed hundreds of games at the highest level and he would probably say he hadn't seen collisions like that yeah. on a weekly basis. Graham Kelly was an odd character, wasn't he? He was indeed. Yeah, great hair though. <laughs> Gary Blissett was cleared. Um, John, as I say, has gone on to work as a postie and a boat builder mm -hmm. and... Uh, play golf and he's played a couple of games I think for the Argyle veterans he did try to make a comeback but he was just not able to uh, to play at the same level right um, the injuries just uh, just wouldn't allow him to yeah so um, yeah I, I, I did used to talk to him about who he was involved with after Torquay and I think he went to a couple of non-league teams and maybe even part yeah. of management structures at non-league teams 
I can't remember who said it was now, but so he did keep involved. He did. He did, <clears> and you know, we did still as as I say, we miss having him on the press. Box. Yeah, we do. Yeah, good but, character. Uh, but you know, that's a very unhappy episode in the history of Talking United. It's one that I, I say I've watched it on YouTube this morning. I won't watch it again. No. I can't think of anything that's going to make me want to see that again. No. Um, but there you go. We when we got to you, we knew we had to talk about it. Apologies to John if he's listening and it's raked up old memories, but uh, no history of the club is complete without that awful moment. No, indeed. Let us move on. So the UV team, the ultraviolets, uh, as chosen with a bit of help from Julian, as ever. Thank you very much. Goalkeeper is Arjan van Houston. Of course, a genuine yeah. V. Yeah. And uh, what a good goalkeeper he was. He was. He was in the um, the, the promotion squad. He played at Southend. Yeah. In the promotion game. Yeah, him and Kevin Dearden for most of that season and the season before, I think, were very interchangeable, weren't they? They were. He was a good keeper. He played 52 games. I thought he played more, to be honest, but 52 games he played for us between 2002-2005. Other clubs he played for, Port Vale, Cambridge, Exeter, of course, and Mansfield Town. Who was the, um, the Man U Dutch goalkeeper? can't remember his name. His name's gone out of my head. Van der Sar. Van der Sar. Oh, I thought that was going to be one of those awful blank moments. No, it was, no you saved it, guy. <laughs> um, he was at Fulham when we played Fulham in pre-season one year. Yeah. It was it was Van Van Huesden on one, one side of the pitch and Van der Sar, yeah. and, and Van der Sar the other. And they knew each other, so they, they, they shook hands and stuff. And it was two Dutch goalkeepers on playing more pitch. It was quite interesting. Van der Sar saved a, an Alex Russell uh, penalty which Alex Russell tried to chip up the middle oh, he did which well. he later admitted was a mistake facing such a goalkeeper it's a Penenka isn't it is that what it is yeah. yeah named after the Czech player who did it in the 76 European Championship I think it was a pre-season friendly. it must have been a pre-season friendly. he wouldn't have done that in a cup game would he no yeah. don't never do a Penenka no. you only end up with egg on your face yeah yeah never don't do it kids don't do it defence Aman Verma is in the defence yeah, he was here 90, uh, 2015 to 2017. Yeah, played 71 games. It was games. all right, actually. I quite he liked him. He was okay. Yeah, I liked him. He was one of those players that, um, he, I mean, he wasn't an over physical player. He was quite a cultured player, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Good player. Um, he'd been at Leicester to begin with. He played a little bit of football in Malta. Uh, he came from Kidderminster, which I think was the Kevin Nicholson That's connection. That's right. Yeah. Brought him down yeah. to Kidderminster. Last heard of playing in the Northern Premier League for Mickelover Sport. In wow, Derby. really? So hopefully still going and still yep. uh, earning a bit of a living out of football. John Uzel, always obviously in the defence. We've talked about John. Um, I don't think there's anything more to add to the story of John Uzel apart from the fact he'd be in anybody's defence. Yes. He'd been, certainly yeah, be in yeah. Argyle's. Yeah, absolutely. He'd certainly be in ours. Matt Villis, another Argyle connection. There are a lot of Argyle connections yeah, here. Yeah, Matt Villis came from Argyle uh, in Leroy's time he did 04 to 07 um he would and he played 46 games yeah i've just made a note here saying that he was here during the terrible time he was here during the reign of the was that man, after them was it yeah so after, after leroy had gone uh lubos kubik yeah. played him a few times yeah. but um he was uh, he went on to have a really half decent uh non-league career I, I, now I think it was Taunton that he ended up playing most of his non-league career You're absolutely with. Absolutely yeah. right. You're right. Tiverton, yeah. Weston, and then Taunton. Yeah, and and he was a big a big player at Taunton. I think yeah. in the end. Yeah. Um, I always quite liked him. I thought he had yeah. something about him. Yeah, Good absolutely. Player. Good player. And Julian's most obscure player yet is a gentleman by the name of Keith Viney. Oh, that rings a bell. Played 
played 166 games for Portsmouth. He was their player of the year at one time. 270 games for Exeter. One substitute game in an FA Cup tie for Torquay. He came on in November 85, came on for Derek Fowler in a one-all draw at Windsor and Eton. So when I said I think I remember the name, <laughs> I didn't. It's a... So he, he didn't even play a whole game, but Julian wow. still found him. Very good, Julian. So I, well I'm done. quite impressed with that. Midfield, uh, another Argyle connection, Barry Vassalo. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the players, uh, as soon as we, we, uh, I remembered it was UV Day or VU Day or whatever, they were underground. Um, had a shock of blonde hair, didn't he, as far as yeah, I remember? Yeah, he, he, was, he was probably the first V that came into my head, actually. <laughs> He'd been an Arsenal apprentice. Had he? Uh, yeah, he was at Argyle, uh, in, again, in the time of, of Paul Mariner. He was down there with, um, with Mariner and, and Alan Welsh. Uh, he'd been out of the league for a little while. He'd been at Barnstable, and then he came back to us again. Played for Torquay. Played what fifty games that? for Torquay. Nineteen seventy-six, he arrived. Wow. Okay. Stayed till nineteen seventy-nine. Four goals in fifty games. Uh, he went on to play for Kidderminster for Merthyr, and he got his testimonial because he played a lot of games for Gloucester. Okay. And he got a testimonial against Arsenal. Oh, nice. So uh, yeah, Barry well Barry yeah. Frank Vincent, obviously, Frankie is Vincent. in the midfield. Yeah. Frank Vincent, 34 games between 2018-2020 on loan from AFC Bournemouth. He's now on loan at Scunthorpe. Yes. And what I, a, I, for one, wish he was back on yeah, loan. Yeah, what a shame, because um, he took his time to actually get into the team, didn't he? But when he yeah. got into the team, he proved that he should have been in the team yeah. all along. Then he came back on loan again. And he did well, got injured. And then he came back and got injured again. Yeah, and it yeah. was just, you never really saw him get a run at it. And no. I really believe that he's a, he's a talented player. And yeah, I'll be looking out for him at Scunthorpe yeah. this year. Um, scored we, some goals as well, didn't he? He did, he did. And we, well, we sat there and said, um, yeah, he's, he's decent and that sort of thing. And I think our old mate Dave summed it up with just by saying, He's a footballer. Yeah. And he is. He's <laughs> yeah, clever. Yeah, yeah. He's a, and he, yeah, he's got a good career in front of him. Yeah. And um, we certainly hope he has. Uh, the three-man midfield, Dave McVeigh. Remember now, the This name. is an interesting character. Dave McVeigh played eight Is games. that just because of McVeigh? <laughs> uh, no, we... there's an, there is, he is of interest to us on a professional level. Okay. Uh, Dave Did McVeigh. he change his name to a V or a U? <laughs> No, it's a V. He's Dave McVeigh. We're just, we're just forgetting the muck altogether. <laughs> uh, he played for I've Notch got some County. more straws if you want to down here. <laughs> yeah, if you want to... <laughs> uh, played for Notts County. Played a lot of games for Notts County. Played eight games for Torquay. 1977-78 uh, season. Uh, but since then, he's gone on to an illustrious career as a journalist with The Guardian, with The Telegraph. Has he? Uh, and he's written a book called Stake Diana Ross, The Diary of a Football Nobody, wow. which is quite well regarded. Where was he at The Guardian then? Because he wasn't there when I was there, so I bet that, that was... I, do you know, I didn't time. write that. Yeah. If you Google him, you'll find stuff... I will have a look at that and see, see, yeah. And his books, uh, Stake Diana Ross, um, I know at least two people, let's say, who've ordered a copy of that this week okay. because it looks pretty good. Excellent. So uh, we'll have a look at that. I'll let you know when that arrives. I'll let you know if Yeah, it's no, I'll, I'll borrow that. 
So playing up front, because he must have played up front in a training game at some <laughs> point, uh, and he's also doubling up as our player manager, is Kenny Vasey. Oh, of course. He must have played up front in a training game. He Kenny did everything got, else. Yeah, Kenny, go, go up front and give the goalkeepers a I bit I mean, of literally, he must be one of the players, the ex-players has had a sort of a coach, yeah. been goalkeeping so. coach, he's been this and been that. and. We reckoned he'd done everything at yeah. Playmore, didn't he? Um, he played 138 times for Torquay. He was there 12 years altogether, in and out of the team and, and you know doing various other yeah. jobs. A lot of coaching jobs that yeah. he did. Uh, he was Player of the Year in was 1989. He was kit man. Um, and again, you know, an absolutely through and through football man, yeah. Kenny. Um, good to chat to from a professional point of view. Always good for interviews. Always been you know, a, a good guy and would make a good manager of our V team. And I, I, I hate to drag it up, but um, missed out on two appearances at Wembley. Missed out on two appearances at Wembley. He was injured, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. both of them. Picked up injuries. Yeah. Was, was he suspended for one? I can't remember. Oh, he might have been. So, someone will tell me, one. but he missed them both through no fault of his own. Or, well, if he's suspended, it might have been a fault of his own. But um, uh, Kevin Allen, Kenny Allen came in for the first one, didn't he, famously? Um, he did. Yeah, so that must be a bit gutting to look back on your career and see that your team played at Wembley twice and you couldn't play either time. So we won't mention it. So we won't mention so it. So we won't we'll, mention we'll, it. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll joke away from that. And uh, joining him up front is the player. How different his career might have been if Paul Buckle had managed to sign Jamie Vardy? Well, this is the player Where did that it all I, yeah. go wrong for yeah. Jamie Vardy? I, I, when Jamie Vardy started scoring all those goals for Leicester, there were a lot of people that came out the woodwork and said, we nearly signed him. Yeah, yeah. From from Halifax or Fleetwood, wasn't it? Oh, the, even Steel, Steelers, yeah. what were they called? Yeah, so, yeah. I can't remember the Pittsburgh. first. I the first team stocks. Oh, that's going to annoy me now. But it's, it's one of the northern yeah. teams, little northern teams that he started at. Um, yeah, we nearly signed. A lot of hands went up in the air, yeah, yeah. Um, including ours, because Dave did stories about him. Did he come down? I think Bucks had him down. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, people will know this better than we do, but the story goes, and as you say, it's apocryphal. Every club in the country says we nearly had his signature on a bit of paper. Um, but you wonder, you know, sort of what he might have brought to Torquay. Um, his career would have been very different. Um, and ours might have as well. It's I, a sliding doors moment, isn't I it? I do remember <clears throat> when, when, when he started scoring those goals and his, his name became quite, quite big in the press the crew came out, the crew newspaper came out yeah. uh, and put together a little dossier of all the stories they'd written about Jamie Vardy about to join crew. And there was about four of them. Yeah. And he'd been on trial three times at crew and they actually physically they, playing yeah. trial games and, they and they'd over, not they? signed him. Shocking. I remember, yeah, I remember <clears throat> writing a piece for Devon Live about Jamie Vardy, where did it all go wrong? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've all had a go at that one. Yeah. We? Even David But what Bates a player. A what a player. What a player. And, and one of those players that obviously people really did miss at the start of his career. Yeah. Because yeah. Look, at, look at what he does now and, you know, England World Cup player and, you know, the Premiership winner. I mean, they wouldn't have won that Premiership without... No. Leicester wouldn't have won that, that Premiership without That was his, his best season, yeah. wasn't it? His best season as a goal scorer oh. up until the current one. I mean, the current one's been just as good, yeah. 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 Um, oh, great player. And, and gives uh, gives a, a message to all players in yeah. the lower leagues that you can do it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The, the Premier League teams do tend to sign overseas players for whatever reasons, but there are times when players will come up through the domestic game. Yeah, absolutely. Harry Maguire, Jamie Vardy, people like that. Yeah. It can be done. A smalling came up through non-league. Mm, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
The F question then. The F question. Let's close. Well, there's one name that's sticking in my head. I can't, can't for, shake. For the appearances or the goals? It's not the appearances. It'll be the goals. The goals. But it's not right. It's a good try, so but it's just not just in right. It's not just in fashionery. Right. Okay, with the goals, it's Adrian Foster. Oh, of course. It's Fozzy. There's probably not much in it. Yeah, Adrian Foster got 28 between 92 and 94. Fash, I think, was just around the 20 mark. Right. Right. Uh, and close behind Fozzie is a player from 1932 to 1936 called Fred Flavel or Flavel. Flavel or Flavel. Let's give him Flavel. Flavel Flav. <laughs> Flav got 25 goals for Torquay wow. in those three seasons. You know, those those years are lost years because people obviously will have watched those players with the kind of admiration that we have for, for, for players yeah. in, in, our, in our memory. But because, obviously, there aren't many people around now no. who watched them and, and the players themselves have gone and, actually, you know, the media didn't document football no. as madly as it does now. No. You know, there are players in the past that, yeah. that the records will show did wonderful things that we, we really don't know much about. And we lost our link with that, didn't we, when we lost Gordon Screech? Yeah. Who a yeah. lot of our listeners will know. Gordon used to be in the box with us. He was the timekeeper. Yeah. If it, if it said that a goal had been scored in the 43rd minute in the paper on a Sunday, that was because Gordon said yeah. it had been scored in the 43rd we minute. We used to enjoy Gordon's intro to the match because for yeah. the first minute of the game, he would count it up in five seconds so that you knew if a goal was scored in the, in the, the first minute, you were going to get it dead on. Right there. But Gordon, um, Gordon, who died a couple of years ago, at a great age, and Gordon had watched Torquay in the 30s, he'd watched wow. Torquay in the 40s, and if if he was around today, Fred Flavel... He, he'd be he able to tell us all about him. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. but uh, we still miss Gordon up on the press bench, always. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And in terms of appearances, uh, it's another one from that era. From that era? 90 appearances between 1928 and 1934. Wow, so the first season in the... Yeah. In the league. So he was there from the first season. Yeah, no, to this the... is Jack Fowler. This Jack is the top. Fowler. The 190 appearances and the 11 goals for Jack Fowler. Just behind him is another Fowler, Jason Fowler, who played 107 games for us. Eight, right. eight goals in I, that I time. I did have Jason in my head, but yeah. So eight Jack goals Fowler. in that time. I bet every one of them was a priceless curled shot into yeah. the top corner, wasn't it? Yeah, of course it was. Jason didn't do anything by heart. And I can still see that particular goal at Northampton that I talk about all the time. <laughs> I'm, I can see it in my head now. What a player. So, Jerry Fell was in my head. Jerry Fell. I yeah. didn't note Jerry Fell as we went through. Um, as it being, might even turn out yeah. he didn't play for Torquay. <laughs> Jerry Fell played. Jerry, Pe- yeah, yeah Jerry I'm Fell getting the name right. Yeah, um, he was in my head. I don't know what he would have done, but that's Fashion New and Fell and Fowler were the, the three yeah. names that popped into my head. Foster, I've forgotten about, although obviously Fossey, one of my favourite players of yeah. the past. Yeah, that hat trick against Chesterfield, uh, one of the highlights of my 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 play more times really. Absolutely, good times. Thank you very much for your company. We've stumbled through the ultraviolet week. We have. Next week, the W's yield a few more players. Yeah. Including uh, a Welsh hat-trick wizard who suddenly springs to mind. Oh, yes. Avion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll talk about them next you week. Did you see uh, Kiefer Moore move this week? Yes, he's gone to Cardiff, hasn't gone he? Gone to Cardiff for three, funds, three something million. Yeah. I, I mean, he's on the brink of a, a great career as well, isn't he, Kiefer? I mean, maybe with Cardiff yeah. or maybe get a move yeah. from Cardiff. He's going to play international matches. Uh, look forward to watching him play. Yeah. Absolutely. And, Effie, uh, Effie and Williams. It'd be good to talk about Effian. 
The players go back to training on Monday. Hopefully they next do. week yes. we, will, we will have some actual players reported back from training news to give you. Oh, it's going to be great, isn't it? <laughs> at last. Yeah. February the 29th, I last saw a live game of football. Is that what... At Playmore. That was, right. uh, that was talking. I didn't go to the away game the week after. No. So February the 29th, um, September the 1st at uh, Newton Abbott Spurs can't come soon enough. No. I got a glimpse of... Oh, there's one thing I meant to bring up and of course this player will come up yet in our in our A to Z. Um, guess he was playing for Chippenham Town against Buckland on Saturday. Go on. In a number nine shirt at the back. Okay. Chris Zavrosky. Was he really? He was, yeah. Was he really? And we're supposed to be playing them at some point, so... We are. Uh, I don't mean they've worked out the dates for all the other pre-season games. Because Exit has now been cancelled because they're yeah. in the Carabao yeah. Cup on that day. It's all a bit of a... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Chris, Chris Zabrowski playing play? centre-back. How do you play? Looked all right. I mean, you know, the, they, they play at a higher level at Buckland and they won 4-0. But yeah. Um, yeah, it looked all right. What a character. Looked still fit. Yeah, good, good, good goal scorer. Yeah. Fast, Off the field had his problems, but as we know, but, character. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about him in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, thanks for your time. Enjoy your football wherever you get it. Champions League final on Sunday, and um, yeah, we fancy Bayern Munich for that one. I assume. I think so. I yes. think so. We, we stand to be proved wrong. Yeah. In the meantime, come, come on, on, you yellows. yellows.